Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. Joined today with my, on my intro, is Jenny Chikawa. How are you doing, Jen? Good morning. Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. We had the most fun interviewing Jill Melton, who is the editor at Edible Nashville. And in this episode, we went over, they, they came out with their restaurant issue, which is their annual issue that goes over local restaurants and just they re- I felt like they really encapsulated what happened in the restaurant industry over the pandemic. What about you? Yeah, I loved talking with her. I feel like she's really good at, she's got a great pulse on the city right now, which is very cool and hard to do with everything changing the way it is and things opening and closing and all that. She's really maintained a great pulse. And I think that's kind of, that that kind of is the pulse that everything is changing and recognizing that everything is changing and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think that stepping outside of the box is what everybody thinks that the cookie cutter restaurant is we've just shattered that 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 glass ceiling haven't we yeah absolutely it's a totally different world than it was a year and a half ago at this point now yeah it's it's i can't believe it's that long i know i know it's been a very long couple of years going on here well i'll tell you what i'm i'm excited about i'm excited about getting this episode out there but i'm also excited about sunday night uh, our episode, uh, Talking Shift podcast. I hope that you were there. I hope that you were part of it because we had a lot of fun. And I also want to announce that uh, Brandon's book club for the month of July and August, we are going to do um, Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential. So we've done kind of some leadership books, some self discovery books. And now we're going to jump into uh, Kitchen Confidential with the with the a new Anthony Bourdain documentary coming out, which people won last night. They won tickets to go see them at the Belcourt this weekend on Thursday. Congratulations to the winners! And um, I'm just I'm excited to delve into the great things that book has to offer, as well as some of the lesser great things that we can all look at how we need to change our industry. Yeah, I read that book once a year. I love that book so much. It is one of my absolute favorites. I'm excited to get some chefs on, kind of hearing their opinion on our end of the month Zoom call. Mm-hmm. It'll be a fun one. Heck yeah. Well, I tell you what's going to be fun. We have got Jason Ellis in the green room, and he is going to come on. And Jason Ellis is our, our general manager, managing partner for Super Source Nashville. I talk about doing these on brands. And Jason's got some really cool stuff to share with you today. What's up? What's going on, Jason? What's up, Brandon? How are you doing this morning? How are you doing, Jen? Good morning. Uh, Good morning. You went fantastic. Happy Monday to everybody out there. Um, yes. Jason, what's the most important thing that you're seeing right now out there in the uh, in your world? So the biggest thing that I'm seeing right now is everybody's opening back up. We're back in the hustle and bustle of everything. New restaurants are opening. It's just making sure that you're staying compliant with your health department regulations, um, making sure your sanitizer on your dish machines functioning, make sure the sanitizer on the three compartment sink, make sure you have hand soap in your dispensers, paper towels in your dispensers, just going back to the basics of everything that we needed to make sure we had for the health inspections. As we start to open back up, that's one of the biggest things I've seen with some competitive accounts, as well as some accounts that I share with a competitor um, is machines aren't being maintain to the efficiency that they need to be to make sure that they're staying health code compliant. I actually went into a place last week and they were actually missing the complete sanitizer line going into the machine. It was pulling it, but it was dripping down the back of the wall. (laughs) So it was not even getting into the machine. Um, Luckily I was there to help talk with the client and and get it taken care of so they could get their, their rep for their company out there. Um, but I think all in all, we'll probably end up picking up that business because of that <laughs> issue. So no, I think that that's, I think that's really important to make sure that you're all these little things. That's why I love doing these on brands is because there's so many little things that we can be doing on a regular basis that you focus on all the time. But since I'm focusing on 
the people at the front door and the bar and inventory and all the other stuff, hot food, hot, cold food, cold, full hands in, full hands out, like the, the basics of running the restaurant, some of this stuff gets by you. And if you're going out there this week, make sure to check all those little details with your um, with your dish machine. Super important. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I can't agree more. It's It's the little things that will get you on those health inspections, but that's where we can come and help and be a partner and help make sure that we're an extra set of eyes in the kitchen. We'll take that pressure off of you. What's well, huge, man. I appreciate all that you guys do. What else is going on, man? How are you doing in, in life? Everything going well with you? I haven't talked to you in a little bit. Yeah, everything's doing great, man. Um, business is picking up business for super sources phenomenal right now so we're getting a lot of new clients um new people on board so we're excited to keep posting about that on our instagram um let's name drop a little bit who's coming on board so we've we've got um red perch coming on board um in silver supply so we we we're honored to work with them uh calacas the new mexican restaurant just opened up right there at the ac or ac hotel right there off korean vets um my wife and i actually went and ate there Thursday night, fantastic food. Service was amazing. Our server was Gary. He was on point. He was great, <laughs> nice. man. He was great. He was really good. Um, highly recommend that place. Uh, let's see here. We've got another concept coming on um, called Golf Sanctuary. It's super cool. Um, we're excited about that one. Uh, let's see here. Barista Parlor is getting ready to open their new location in Hillsborough Village. Then we've got their Southern Supply one coming on. So we've got a lot of cool stuff in the works. Plus, I'm, I've got a list of other ones. Um, Buttermilk Ranch over there off of 12th. Um, that one's getting ready to open up. It's a sister concept from Urban Grub. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw uh, Blaze Pennington posting about that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really awesome spot. If you have, haven't had a chance to see the inside, you got to go when they open up. It's gorgeous, gorgeous. They did a great job. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. man, I, I'm telling you guys, you, <laughs> we've been talking about it for almost a year now. Super Source is the way to go. I, I love what, all of the success that you're having, man, and it couldn't yeah. happen to a better guy. appreciate Thank it. Thank you for... Um, supporting us i'm supporting you everywhere that i possibly can brother i hope you have a wonderful week and we will uh catch up to you real soon awesome sounds great y'all have a great day thank you thanks thank you, jason. jason all right all right oh there's a full screen of jen so if you're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're not watching this you need to go to our youtube channel and click the subscribe button and you will see every time we post a new video if you want to know what everybody looks like the whole thing what does your mug say jennifer's drinking coffee jen's drinking oh. coffee. It says quiet, you trash. It's uh... a <laughs> Blanche. Yeah. Blanche? Yeah. It's from a, uh, yeah, it's from the Golden Girls. Girls. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Well, Jen, anything exciting happening with you this weekend or this week? Um, Noelle is about to sit up, which I'm very excited about. Um, <laughs> little things. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for when they can both sit up so they can play together because it's hard to play when you're, you know, laying down. So I'm excited for them to play together, but Ezra's not quite there. So. We're hoping Noel gets there shortly. What about you? What'd you do this weekend? Uh, I had a great weekend. I um, I spent time with the kids. You know, Jennifer's still yeah. recovering. My wife had a surgery last week, so we're. I've been playing Mr. Mama week. I'm excited to get back to work. Yeah, I miss being in the restaurant. I feel like I haven't been there in a week because I haven't. Yeah. And uh, I am so ready to get. And like the end of that time, like I'm ready to get back in there and start doing doing some things. So yeah. All right. Well, let's jump in here with this interview with Jill Melton from Edible Nashville. Sounds good. All right, we are so excited today to welcome in Jill Melton. She is the editor at Edible Nashville. How you doing, Jill? Oh. Taking a, taking a drink of water. I'm doing <laughs> fantastic. I'm actually pseudo rested. Pseudo rested. I, well, I did a little kayaking camping trip, so I got away, but you know, I also came back tired, physically tired, but mentally in good shape. And That's you know great. what? You got to recharge the batteries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Every Thank once you. in a while. Thank so we are so excited to talk to you today about your latest issue. It is issue number forty, Edible Nashville, the restaurant issue. And we recently had Skylar Bush, your executive chef, on the podcast, and we started talking about some of the episodes that I've done and what you guys are doing. And I was like wow, we're talking to a lot of the same people. And as I read this magazine, it is 
so well done. I want to give you bravo, kudos. Aww. This is such a fun issue to read because it's like I'm just reading about all my friends. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, usually I hate the issue by the time it goes to the printer. I mean, you know, it's just, I'm kind of, I just look at like everything that I could have done better. But I have to say, I didn't hate this issue. Like, I actually really do like this issue. I love the cover, the picture. I mean, just the cover. Oh, you can't see with my green screen. Look at that. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, the cover is beautiful. It looks like mm -hmm. there is a sandwich from Bill's Sandwich Palace right there. Yeah. That was the easiest story to do. Um, Kristen, who is Aaron's wife. I met Kristen back when they had, I guess they had Kuchinan and Keller. Yeah. And, and their pastry chef um, at the time, we were do doing these demos down at the Franklin Farmer's Market. Um, and so she came on and did a demo. It was strawberry season and Kristen came with her. And Kristen was just so lovely. I ended up taking a picture of her in this apron I wanted to promote. So it's like every time I look at that issue, I'm like, oh, there's Kristen. But she's a fabulous photographer. So, I mean, that's kind of how I became aware of these guys on Instagram. I'm scrolling through and I'm looking at these sandwiches because, you know, at the end of the day, anything that goes in the magazine has to have great photography with it, whether we do it or I nab it from somebody else. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I, I know a couple of the guys that Aaron is working with, too. And so when we went down this road, I said, Kristen, send me some of your stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, there were probably six other sandwiches I could have put on the cover. <laughs> So it it was a joy to do, and I'm I'm afraid I'm kind of blowing them up, but because they were already almost sold out, like on the weekends, because well, they just do the weekends. Well, I want to I want to go over the issue. I don't want to get ahead of it. I'm going to start. Yeah. I want to start with the inside cover. Okay. Okay. So, right on the inside cover is an advertisement for Yolan. A love letter to Italy. Um, have you eaten at Yolan yet? I have, yes. Is it not the most amazing experience that you can... I, I name them, if anybody says, what's the best restaurant in Nashville? There's some really, really great restaurants, but I have to, I have to give the nod to what Tony and Kathy are doing over at Yolan. I mean, it is spectacular. Yeah, it it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I mean, we... We ate there during COVID, which, you know, was just kind of always a, a thing. You just sort of have to just get an adjustment when everybody has their masks on and stuff. But um, no, it is. It's just fantastic. And at the end of the day, you know, I've done a lot of eating in my life because I've been a food editor for way over 30 years. And so I kind of, you know. I got to the point where like when I started edible, I was like, okay, I'm just kind of over precious food and just, you know, give me a big bowl or whatever. And, and I don't mean precious as a negative thing at all, but just very well constructed food on a plate that is, you know, um, and I went down there and I was just like, oh my gosh, it is. Yeah. It's, you it's, get trans it's like you're, it's like you're teleported away from Nashville and yeah. you're all of a sudden you're in Chicago and then you leave and you go, Oh, I'm in Nashville again. How did I, how did I transport yeah. to Chicago like that? I mean, it's, it's that, it's just amazing. And I think that too, I mean, every owner would say, Oh, they're passionate about their restaurant, but there was something about that place with like Tony and Kathy and walking around and talking about the food and, and the servers, and we ended up knowing a couple of the, the chefs back in the kitchen. I mean, everybody was so proud and excited of everything that they were doing. And it was just, it was just palpable. It was just kind of like a warm fuzzy, you know, even though yeah. you had this amazing, really sophisticated food. So, um, yeah, they're good partners. I really... Um... I, I, I've uh, the denim on the rooftop also is really amazing. Um, you have an, and I'm going to move forward to the magazine to page 10 forks in the road um, words by the editors. I love how you guys kind of encapsulated a theme for 2020, 2021. And 
you say Jeremy Barlow, who is now insert chef here. We all know Jeremy uh, is famous for taste back in the day on 21st Avenue and then Sloco. He's transformed Sloco into a place called Insert Chef here, which I think is one of the most brilliant pandemic pivots. Them and Caroline and Tony Galson did a really good job too. But you look at what he's done and he really encapsulated what is going on today in the Nashville in the Nashville restaurant scene. He writes, um, you write, today he cooks what he wants and how much he wants. He also hosts other chefs to cook what they want. Such is the restaurant business post-pandemic. And I thought, what a great way to say it. Like, such is the restaurant business. Everybody's collaborating. Everybody's popping up. And it's just what's white is black, what's up is down, what's left is right. The whole industry has just kind of the creativity. And I to use the word pivot, the pivots that everybody has done has really been fascinating. Yeah. And to see... Um, the staying power of it, because our September, October issue from last year was all about how everybody was pivoting, right? They were in the throes of it and what they were doing. And so with this, I sort of felt a little like a broken record, but then I was like, okay, let me stand back for a minute. And the fact of this is that a lot of this stuff is staying, like they're not necessarily going back to whatever it was they were doing. They've realized that they can feed people without walls and they can have this fun and be this. I mean, so it's kind of like the new thing, which I, like I said in there, I think has made the food right now. I mean, more exciting than it was pre pandemic and it was pretty damn good then, but, but now, and it's enabled people to get in the game that can't afford to buy an expensive restaurant place or, you know, whatever their situation is. Um, it's allowed them to be able to to do this kind of at their pace and without compromising. And um, yeah, you know, on that page, on page 11, we just did a little collage of like all of the different graphics that they show on Instagram for their thing. Yes. And it was funny because at the bottom, there's that one that says sold out. Dang, we were sold out for Friday, November 13th. And somebody looked at this and they were like, oh, my God, Jill, there's an error in this. You have this thing that says Friday, November 13th. And I said, no, that was just one of the graphics that really, to me, kind of depicts the not the cavalier nature of uh, nature of what they're doing. But it was just like, dang, sold out. <laughs> I, it's you know, I've looked at this first. I saw the prime South meets the three amigos with what Giffords did with Mais de la Vida and yeah. Fat Belly. And then I, I, it hit me once I read the page, I looked to the right, I go, oh, this is a graphic. These aren't ads. It took right. me a second to like, I went, oh, no, that's a graphic. I was like, wait a minute. They, these are all, oh, they're highlighting the, the pop-ups. It's interesting to me. I feel like the pop-ups are almost like bands, right? Oh, it's, it's not that, it's not that, like, Edgar Victoria from Alabrije, like he would love to have a brick and mortar. I feel like everything he's doing right now is like auditioning. It's like when a band plays these tiny little shows all over the place and they make their own homemade t-shirts. It's so grassroots that everybody's like jumping on. And it's like, it's almost like if I have the cool Alabrije t-shirt, it's like, I heard about them first. I knew about them before they had the brick and mortar. I was a fan of Pearl Jam when they were in Seattle, man, not until they were big. It's almost like that's going on right now. Yeah. Well, you know, if you think about Black Dynasty before they were located then at Bar Sovereign and they were popping up all over the place and, and it was just kind of like the buzz, you know? Yeah. I'm thrilled that they're there all the time so I can go anytime and I don't like hunt them down somewhere. Um, and that's another one that really, and that was pre-pandemic, but it's super But then they cool. started hosting the... Um... El Leon Dorado doing his his Taco Bell remakes. Oh, see, I, at, I mean, it was amazing. At Bar Sovereign was doing that too. So, I mean, they're like doing, it was amazing. Yeah. And they're actually just now, I saw on Tantissimo's, um, because I have her in this issue too, with the Dolce de Leche recipe, just as, in a different way. I saw on her Instagram that she was going to be at Bar Sovereign. And so sometimes I like really have to read it. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. You're doing what? And you're where? And <laughs> just like, yeah. And all this stuff going on in Hawthorne. Yeah. It's totally, it, that's why I tell people you need to be on Instagram. 
to find some of the best food because, you know, you can't, you don't, or going to be reading Edible Nashville or listening to your podcast. Do you know, um, I had on Julio Hernandez, who is Mais Delvia. Julio Hernandez, when I had him on the show, he was the chef at um, how to play, Urban Nectar, Nectar, Urban Cantina. Oh, I knew Julio before that. He was at the country club out in Canada. Yeah, yeah, at the, uh, not the Fairview Plantation, the other one right out there. Yeah, I can In Hendersonville. Um, but he, uh, so I had him on cause he's just a friend of mine and Hey, and then he announced on the show that he's going to be doing Mais de la Vida. I was like, what is this? Mais de la, what is this? And he announced it. And I'm like his third Instagram follower because he goes, I'm starting this Instagram today. You guys should start following me. And so I was like, I'll go follow you right now. And I'm like, and now he's got thousands and thousands. And it's huge. But he announced that on Nashville restaurant radio. Oh my gosh. While he was still at Urban Nectar. Uh-huh. I'm Nectar there. Urban Cantina, yeah. Nectar Urban Cantina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And I was only there once when he was there. And actually he did, oh gosh, I'm not gonna think of the chef's name. He had a chef pop up with um Edgar. Uh, uh you know what? I don't think it was Edgar. I know because they're doing 10, 10 South and 10 no years. i don't think it was Edgar, but you know what i didn't know of edgar then so maybe it was edgar and i didn't realize it was edgar no not not that edgar i was thinking the other edgar um from um what? edgar penley is who i was thinking of oh but from it, urban um yeah. no it wasn't edgar because i do sort of know him it, it was somebody else anyway it doesn't matter but <laughs> well <laughs> so I thought that was just a great way to lead into this episode, especially the restaurant issue. Jen, did you get to go to any of these pop-ups, do any of that stuff? No, I was so pregnant. And so I was too scared to go anywhere. You just had twins. I just had twins. So, oh my gosh. Well, yes. Bless you. So my life was, I was working in a restaurant at the time and I was always on my feet. And so like, if I wasn't at work, I was on a bed or a couch. I was just so pregnant. Oh, so how old are your twins? They're six months old. <laughs> oh my God. They're the cutest babies on the planet too. Yeah. Wow. Well, my, husband, my husband owns Soy Bistro. So like we've been following you for a long time because- Wait, your husband owns Soy Bistro? Yes, we just bought it during the pandemic when we found out we were having twins. You did buy it. What <laughs> happened to, um, is it Chris and-, Chris and Anna? They are, um, I don't want to like, you know, jump the, the shark for them, but they are, they have plans for the future. Okay. We're really excited about it. They're like incredible people. So they are awesome. I yeah. discovered them super early on. So, but they're staying in Nashville? Yes. Okay, yes, good. Definitely. And then also, do you have a cook named Auden? Auden we, Harwood? We did. We don't anymore, but we love him. Like, where did Auden go? Did he leave? He did. Um, I don't know where he went. I he's he's lovely though. Like we had such a good time with him and we were lucky to have him while we did. So yeah, he's the son of my senior editor, William. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, he was, he's smart. a great kid. He's really helpful and so sweet and yeah, he, he's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Congratulations to you guys. I'll need to go over there again. I don't get to Brentwood all that often. It's not that it's far. It's just. It does feel like a different state to a lot of people in Nashville, though. They're like, that's in Brentwood. I'm like, I promise it's not as far as anyone thinks it is. Like, yeah. Brentwood <laughs> is surprisingly close to downtown. It's yeah. amazing how close Brentwood is. It's You think Brentwood and you think Cool Springs mm-hmm. and you go, those are miles. There's a lot different. Like Brentwood, the old Hickory exit is just, I mean, it's right there. Yeah. Right. But yeah. the old Hickory exit is also worlds from like, it seems like where some of my son's friends live, which are like off of that Concord exit and you turn Ugh. left and you go, yeah. that's like. That's a whole mess right now, but um, but yeah, no, the old hickory because we also love subculture and we have to get off at old hickory for that too. So like, old hickory has like so much amazing food. I feel I feel like people always forget about it though. Well, I think this is this is a really good segue because one of the cool things that happened to Brentwood was my good friend Nina Singto opened up Tai Isan. Right there in Brentwood, right in that whole area. I don't even know what that area, the Hill Center, is that what that's called? I think so. Yeah, it's it's a very cool area for sure. But I went to the opening with her and uh, me and Chris Chamberlain sat next to each other and just gabbed it up. 
uh, mid-pandemic, and we took a bunch of me and uh, Nina took a prom picture. It was really fun in front of all the the balloons. Uh, but she's just what what an amazing article on uh, Chef Nina Singto from William Harwood uh, there on page fourteen. So somebody yeah. who's just absolutely killed it throughout the pandemic has, continues to kill it. Nina Singto, Taisan. And I mean, I didn't know, you know, I read this article from William, almost like a reader. Um, I was like, oh, this was really cool to see where she grew up and how she grew up and then how she got into the business. And yeah, yeah Nina's been on the radar for a long time. And we finally, we finally wrote about her. Um, because she started out at the end of 12 South there, right? Wasn't that the first tie saying? No, 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 no. She yeah. started out, uh, King, I think it was King market. King's and market, then she had is- another one. Uh, maybe it was 12 South. She had one on 12 South and then she moved it to the buddy killing circle. Yeah. And then it was Brentwood. She's got, yeah, I think, I think it maybe was 12 South. It was kind of on that, like, not in the heart of it. No. Like, sort of towards the end by, um, oh, my gosh. What is that other restaurant? We're going to McDougal's now over there. Yes. What is that restaurant, though, that was not that far from her, where they, incar- they uh, the cooks and stuff are past, uh, you know, incarcerated folks that have gotten out? Yeah, that's Brett Swain's place. Yeah. cookery. The cooker, is that still there? Yes. I haven't thought about that place. I need to get him on the show. I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I need, uh, we did a story on them a long time ago and I real I need to check in with them and see what's going on. What a fantastic guy. We, uh, when I used to run Fresh Point, we would hook him up all the time. He used to feed all these people on Thanksgiving through the holidays and we would give him every thousands of dollars of produce all the time. Just, and he would come down his truck and help take it away and, He's just yeah. a, he's a salt of the earth. Brett yeah. Strain. Yeah. So this brings us back to Bill's sandwich palace. Yeah. Aaron and Kristen Clemens, um, Aaron Disler, who is another one of those people, yeah. Mr. Aaron's goods that we had on page 10. I mean, all of these things, it's almost, they're all so intertwined as to what they're doing. And if you haven't been to Bill's sandwich palace, everybody's a bill there, by the way, Aaron told me that I could be an honorary bill. He goes, you're a bill. Do you want to be a bill? You can be a bill. So when you go there, you get to you get to honorarily be a bill, and there's all these amazing sandwiches. They're just they're just killing it. Yeah, I you know I I will tell you, the day that actually William and I went over there together, thinking we were going to eat right. So like you know, I didn't eat anything. We went over to like at two o'clock. I don't think I ate anything all day. Well, I didn't realize at the time we went over to like on a Thursday. Well, they don't serve. I mean, they only do their sandwiches. Friday and Saturday, I think. So I just walked in. I was like, you guys got to tell me I'm going to get something to eat, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're fooling around with some things, blah, 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 blah. I actually did not eat a sandwich while I was there. And I had to work on this story for three months and look at these things. So oh my gosh. I will get over there. I will. I know. I shouldn't really say that, right? I should, like, as the editor, I should lie and say I've eaten all of it. But um, I haven't yet either, so it's okay. I'm going to be I'm right there with you. That yeah. is the thing, though, that I feel like my Instagram is so full of is just pictures of those sandwiches. Like, it's everybody's stories right now. It's everybody's Instagram. They're just tagging it all the time. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I know. And I don't live in East Nashville. And sometimes I get grumpy about having to go over there and get good food. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously, there's good food everywhere now. Um, what town do you live in, Jill? I live in West. I actually, uh, I live in Green Hills. Oh, that's right. I knew that. Which is where my the, the big luxurious office is as well. <laughs> but West is so great. West has some of the most underrated restaurants, I think. Well, it's I mean, with everything that's happening on Charlotte and you know I was just telling Brandon's never had VN Pho and that I have. Is, oh you have? Who yeah, is I have. that hadn't had it? I don't know. I've definitely had it. Oh, somebody maybe it was Steven. Somebody was like, Oh, I've never had it. I'm like, that is my favorite restaurant in Nashville. Yeah, I've been there once. I was always a Miss Saigon mm-hmm. person, but it's kind of been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's the other thing. It's like when we started out on this issue, um, actually, Manuel Zeitlin, who has a story in here on grazing at the farmer's market, um, I, w- I initially was talking to him because I thought, oh, I'm going to do a story on restaurant architecture. 
like all, you know, like just like what the trends are and all, like, how do you design a restaurant? What do you look for? And how is it different now? Anyway, we didn't do that, but Manuel is the biggest foodie. It's crazy. I said, oh my God, you make me feel like I haven't been anywhere. <laughs> In the hour that we talked, I was like, another place I haven't been. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. When talking about what chefs want, really the question is, how do they do it? No fees, no fuel charges, no surcharges, never. This allows you to order as much or as little as you need, as often as you need. Seven day delivery, access products every day, trimming your waste, increasing your valuable shelf life and allowing you fresher product. 24 seven customer support, call, text, chat, email, anytime from anywhere. Uh, they take a team approach to serving you at 800-600-8510 or whatchefswant.com. They have a very they have very diverse product lines, so their chefs have access to thousands of items across many different categories that allow them to receive fresh products daily. This type of flexibility helps chefs with the ability to offer and test new menu items with ease. They have hundreds of trucks on the road every day to reach their vast market. Their focus is tight urban areas where groups of restaurants and chefs are located. Additionally, they have trucks from coast to coast bringing products to farms and artisans across the globe. You can order through your phone app or online. They truly are what chefs want. Check them out at whatchefswant.com. Hey guys, we all know staffing is tough right now. And as a small business, it's hard to bring on staff if you can't offer insurance. This is where Complete Health Partners comes in for a fraction of the price of major medical. Offer your staff teledoctor and local urgent care facilities at no cost to them. X-rays, stitches, drug tests, common cold and flu tests, and now they even have a mobile vaccine unit. They're actually looking for businesses to partner with to offer the vaccine at your location. So check them out at completehealthpartners.com or visit them at www.nashvillerestaurantradio.com. Click the Sponsors tab and click on the Complete Health Partners. Or if you want to learn more, email them at completecare at completehealthpartners.com. We know you have a lot on your plate right now, but with Spot On, you're no longer on your own. Work with their team and use a browser-based web portal to set up front-of-the-house policies, monitor operations, and staffing assignments with complete customer analytics, all with a local dedicated representative that's with 24-7 support. POS system, third-party delivery integration, they kind of have everything you need. So build the system that works best for you by contacting Steve Coulson at 615-480-6282 or go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com and click the Sponsor tab. Click on the Spot On tab for a special offer just for Nashville Restaurant Radio listeners. That's kind of the point of this magazine and the point of our show is that, you know, people all over town, the, the common comment for people who aren't in this industry is, there's so many restaurants, I don't even know how to keep up. And so that's why I try and every week get one of those people and talk to them and continue to focus on, it's amazing because you focus on these locally owned and operated restaurants that we all want these people who live in our community and support our community to continue to thrive. Yet every time I drive by Outback and Longhorn, they're packed. Oh gosh. Drives me crazy. So I'm going to skip over. You had two really nice articles in the, in the, in the, the time we have these something uh, there's a French revolution coming um, where we talk about there's a little gourmand as well as once upon a time in France, we got to leave the reader something to, to have to go and read. So if you want to learn more about those, those are articles. There's an article um, about the Baker's dozen, which is um, um, Paul and Chrissy Jensen and Paul Jensen, I think I used to be on the board of the ACF with Paul back in the day. He was a big culinary teacher. Really yeah. good dude. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, I mean, for me, just talking about like restaurants in general, I've had different people that have worked with me that have kind of gone, you know, just kind of get into a little bit of a different thing. Um, you know, Edible needs to do more restaurant reviews and more of this. And, you know, we've never really been just about going out and doing restaurant reviews or like just saying, 
here are 10 places that are opening and here's what they look like, you know, like Guru does. And I mean, there's just lots of other people that, that do that. And so I kind of had to, I mean, I had to think about it because I was like, well, is he right? Do I need to be doing? But then I really had to think about what the mission of Edible Nashville is, which is connecting people to local and local restaurants for sure. But it's also getting people back into the kitchen and, you know, eating to where it's greener and more sustainable. And what I'm getting at is at the end of the day, people run restaurants, right? Mm -hmm. So even though we want to turn people on to all of these new places, I always like to approach a story from the, um, okay, he's a chef, but why is he really doing this? Mm -hmm. And maybe what does he cook at home? Or is he cooking something at the restaurant? that he could share that a reader could do or, and the baker's dozen is kind of what made me think about that sort of an example about that. I mean, here's this couple that has 13 kids Mm -hmm. and I mean, it just immediately off the bat makes you want to go, okay, people, what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we always kind of even like in the restaurant issue, like to sort of peel the onion a little bit more like, here's what their place is, but it's way beyond what their place is and who they are and why they're doing it. Same with Bill's Sandwich Shop. I mean, you know, I like to say about the magazine business is it's not brain surgery. You know, we're not, lives aren't being lost if we have an error or we do this or we do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And they are just completely like, if it's goofy and funny, we're going to do it. Like there's, so, you know, we're creating sandwiches here. We're not saving lives either, you know, and if we're not having fun doing it, well, then we're not going to do it. That was a really big undercurrent, I think, of what they're doing. Um, and, you know, I mean, kind of for edible, too. But that's kind of that's kind of the DNA of that Baker's Dozen piece. Even have you guys been to the dotted line? No. No. Well, it's in Columbia, so it's not like, you know. Yeah, that's not that far for me, actually. I'm in Franklin, but that's just speaking to like Edible's vision. Like that is, I think, what makes me so excited about it because, you know, there are a lot of Instagram food bloggers for Nashville specifically now and running Instagram for three separate businesses. Like I I talk to those people and like, you know, I feel like what's cool about Edible is it really is the person behind the dish or the restaurant or whatever. And it's not just ads. Like the magazine is not ad driven. And I, I just like that. Like I trust it more and I have a writer's background. So like, I like reading it, you know, it's just, it's a different experience than so many of the other things that are available. And I think that's really cool. And keeping the people first is just special. So I think you're doing an incredible job. My validation, but like, just (laughs) that's exactly no to hear that from you is exactly what I would want to hear because, you know, I get on my high horse a bit because I've been in the industry for a super Mm -hmm. long time. Like I remember the day when we put all the pages up on the wall and if the rice aroni ad was anywhere, I'm getting to my point, anywhere near the rice edit, you moved them. Mm -hmm. And now once digital came here, most print is just pay to play. Yes. It's like, okay, you're rice aroni. What do you want us to do a story with five recipes using Mm -hmm. it? You got it. Oh, you want it like on the inside cover. You got it too. Right. And you know, I serve, yes, I serve my advertiser, but I serve my reader. Mm -hmm. And then the readers trusting us just makes that more valuable to the advertiser, right? Right. Because they do trust the brand because they can tell that the editorial isn't purchased. So it does make it valuable. And I'm glad that I'm so happy (laughs) to hear you say that Mm -hmm. um, because that's, that's the only way I know how to do a magazine. Right. <laughs> so, yay. Well, there's there's a great article here, and I, I love that about it, too. And I think that that's something that we share in what we do. I mean, I, we obviously you need advertisers just to keep this thing going, to buy microphones and to, to produce it. Yeah. But, okay. you know, it's, it's not something we're getting rich on over here. But I really I, – I find it fun to find advertisers that um, that I can – like I find that I believe in that I work with that I can share with other people that aren't really well known. You know, everybody knows Ecolab and Autochlor, but I work with Supersource because this dude is like, he's small and he cares and he's genuine. And like, I want to partner with that guy and Cytex linen companies are known for being like scandalous and terrible. Like I found a really good linen company who's legit. And I stand behind, I tell my, I tell the people on the show, if you purchase from one of my vendors, 
one of the people that advertise for me and something doesn't go wrong, call me and I will fix it. Like I'm that, I'm that hardcore on it. Like it's, it, this is a whole thing. Okay. I'm getting off topic and we're running out of time. There is a great article grazing at the farmer's markets. you mentioned from Manuel Zietlin. Um, that is a, that is a great, great interview. And I, I, or just a great article. I want everybody to go read that. We're going to start doing some farmers markets at Maribel, outside of Maribel and Brentwood, in the month of October. We're really excited about. It. I'm saying it on the show, so it's going to happen, Jen. I was like, oh no, uh, he's releasing this so early. We have to I'm do releasing it, now. it early, but we are going to do that in in um, October. But I want to finish this interview off and talk about Ben and Max Goldberg because. Yeah. Benjamin Goldberg has been on the show and he is a friend of mine and I love talking to him. I can talk to him about restaurant stuff for just hours and hours. He is actually the longest interview that I've done at two hours. Um, and his brother, Max, uh, is going to be coming on the show real soon. We hope, yeah. But you got to sit down with both of them and just kind of to talk. What What is your history with them? What is your perception of Benjamin and Max? Well... I had met Ben, but I hadn't actually sat down and talked about him. I met Max right when I started Edible because a guy I was working with had his office at Pinewood Social mm. and he had actually the back booth. They even put in like an extra outlet for him. It was Willie G's table. So that's how I met Max. Um, and then we would talk occasionally, but I all like... Max was so committed to his employees, like, you know, I mean, just like the kindness and the consideration about what they're doing. It was all about employing these people. And if something goes wrong, like, what if I have to lay off people and just like all about that? And I always just thought he had a heart of gold. And obviously, then they have all these other places coming up. So this is going to be a new column that we're just doing coffee with. Mm -hmm. And I'm an awful interviewer. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. I, and we laughed about this. I said to them, because we immediately went down some rabbit hole. And I said, oh, my God, I'm the worst interviewer ever. And they laughed and they were like, oh, we're the worst, too. So the kind of the point with it is to not just necessarily ask the standard questions about the restaurant business in Nashville and blah, 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 blah. Is to just kind of find out some other stuff. And so that's really, we just sat down and we just kind of chatted. And then I just pulled out what I thought maybe people would want to know, like about their mom. It was hysterical when they started talking about their mom. It was just like, oh my God, they had to kick her out of catbird seat because a critic came in. They were like, mom, you have to leave now. Sorry, just get up and leave quietly. <laughs> I mean, that's the stuff that I like. So anyway, so I knew Max and I didn't know Ben. And I just, I fell in love with Ben, of course. I can see the different kind of things that they each bring to the party. But ultimately, this photo, I mean, at first I was like, oh, is it, is it cheesy or will Max not like it? This is it. This is how these dudes are. They were sitting. I mean, I sent a photographer down to get this. But they were sitting at this booth. The back booth, actually, is where we sat. And they were just kind of so close to each other in just a way that just was completely unintentional that you can just tell that that's how they work together and that they were just so sincere and adorable. And I don't think you think about people with a restaurant empire necessarily being like that at all. Because I remember they were on the cover of In Focus probably five or six years ago in their like New York suits and they were walking down in the pool into that. <laughs> Yeah, it went, and it was a beautiful photo. I mean, I love that photo, but that's that's not really necessarily edible. This is how I wanted to capture them. So I love I think, it. I just Jen, think they're fantastic. Jen worked for them. Yeah, for like a, a while. I met my husband working for them actually. Oh wow, you owe them a lot then. Oh, I <laughs> I love them. I actually messaged Max the other day. Like they are, they gave me my whole life in Nashville, and I've said that to Max. I've said that to Ben. Like. They're, they're incredible. And, and Ben's wife is lovely. Like they're just there. I've met their mom a bunch of times. Like Sarah, Sarah, his wife is fantastic. Okay. Yeah. So, because I've never worked for them. So everything that I just said about them and their employees is true. Yeah. So they, um, I was yeah. telling, I, I don't want to like go into the details of the story, but, um, I did tell, uh, Brandon the other day, like a way in which Max stood up for all of our, like the entire staff at the restaurant when something had gone 
awry, um, which is normal for restaurants. But Max would just like stepped in and was like, no, this is not this is not how I'm going to let our staff be treated. And it was it was very cool. Like it was the first time I'd seen an owner do that. And yeah, they they are really just genuinely good guys. And they just do seem to genuinely believe in Nashville. Like this is their I mean, have you heard the story of why they bought merchants? No, I didn't know. Their grandparents, Max can fact check this, but like from what I, cause that's where I started working with merchants. And the story I heard was that his grandparents had their first date there before going to prom. And it was owned by, you know, somebody in the, the doors were about to close. Like it had seven days and Max convinced Ben or vice versa to, to get it so that they could like keep that alive. Cause they loved the idea that their grandparents first date was there and they just wanted to like, they, they didn't want that restaurant to close. So huh. they got See, one. If I was a better interviewer, I would have somehow known about that story and I would have been able to ask about it. But <laughs> well, if you, uh, I, I don't, if you go, if you go back and you look in the archives of Nash restaurant radio, there is a two hour interview with Benjamin that okay. go through, I, I single-handedly go through the timeline of every single restaurant that they opened and oh. why they opened them because I feel like their innovation mm-hmm. and their just their their lack of fear, their their ability to go in somewhere and do something completely different. Tearing down Paradise Park and putting in the sporting club takes so much guts yeah to do yeah. something on that level to open bar 23 back in the day with what he did to yeah. just to do um to do the catbird seat the story behind the cat josh Habiger came on the show and told me the story of the catbird seat and then benjamin corroborated that story it was the most amazing story i'd ever heard and i've been from afar big such huge fans of them and what they've done for this city everybody in this city owes them a debt of gratitude because they've moved the culinary scene in this city way farther than it ever should have been faster than it should have been. I mean, they yeah. did, they did yeah. things that New York was doing way before Nashville even thought that that could be done. And they took a ton of shit for it and they, they, they did not phase them. And I've never been more like, I just, I don't know, for me, the leadership it takes to do that, to do everything that they've done. I'm absolutely in awe of them. And yeah. I think they're just the most amazing restaurateurs. And I'm just, I follow them. I like them. I, they're from talking to them multiple times. They're just, they're just lovely people. And I, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm a fan, fan right here. Yeah. The only question I did, I asked him, I wanted to know their thoughts about chain restaurants because, you know, there used to be very, you know, fine lines between your local restaurant, your chain restaurant. And now they're kind of blurry, right? Because like you have um, Husk and it's in two cities. You know, you have um, Butcher and Bee and it's in two cities. You know, does that make it a chain? Is it still local? You have the Optimist, you know, it's in Atlanta and here. And so I'm like continually thinking about this, right? Because we're all local. And so I asked him about that and Ben just said, you know, I'm okay with it when people come in and they, they want to learn about the community and they want to contribute and they want to be a part of it and all that good stuff. He's like, it's when somebody comes in and obviously they try to steal your employees or do whatever the heck it is that they're going to do. He's like, then I have a problem with it, which makes complete sense. But I don't know that I necessarily thought of what the answer would be, but I thought, yeah, that's cool. If they're good for your community, you know, that, that's okay if they're yeah. checking, if they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I know. Love affair. Well, yeah. Jill, I want to do this interview. We could do this every other month if you want and go over your magazine. I love what you guys I are doing over there. It. We are running short on time yeah. and we're going to have to wrap it up. But I will tell you, uh, the I'll tell our listeners out there that the Edible Nashville July-August 2021 edition is out now. You can go. Where can we go find this magazine? Well, typically you can find it at our advertisers' outlets, right? That's yeah. that's kind of the model. The advertiser partners get the magazine to give to their customers. So it's at most of the advertisers. You can also find it at Whole Foods, the mm-hmm. one in Franklin, and we have a distributor. So those stay stocked because at a lot of the other local places, you may drive over there and you're like, oh, you know, they're all gone. So you can always find them um, at Whole Foods. 
You can find them like this time of year at all the farmers markets. They're at all the registration tables of all the, you know, 12 South, East, Franklin, they're at all the farmers markets. Um, and then you just need to look at the issue and like Produce Place, love Produce Place. We actually have two, what we call edible hot boxes. So we upcycle old magazine racks, you know, that you just find in the alleys abandoned. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have an illustrator that's painted them. So we have two. One is in front of the bell court. So, you know, you don't pay, you just open the magazine. So that's filled with actually back issues and the current issue. So right there in Hillsborough Village. And then the other one is in the front of Produce Place. So they don't have to be open for you to get it, right? It's just sitting in the front. And we have back issues and all the current issues there. Um, Produce Place is, you know, of course, a great local market to find local stuff. And they've been a great partner. We love them. We love Barry and Steve. Um, yeah. All right. Well, you can also follow Edible Nashville. If you look right there on the screen at Edible Nash, uh, go check them out at edibleNashville.com. And um, Jill, one thing that we do at the end of every episode is we let our guest take us out. You get to give the Jerry's final thought, as you will, whatever you want to say for as long as you want to say it. The floor is yours. Oh! And I'm putting you on the spot with something I do every episode in three, two. You know what I'm going to say is that what we eat and food is important. And there's really nothing more empowering than being able to feed yourself when you can open your fridge and have a mishmash of whatever in there and you can make dinner out of it, that that is a beautiful thing. And for me as a cook, which is what I am in, in my soul, um, cooking and eating is just people are in and out of my house constantly and they're always in the kitchen. And it has just been, um, a way that I can show people that I love them and I care and I can contribute. So, you know, eating out is great and supporting our local restaurants, but a big part of what we do is try to get people back in the kitchen because good things, good shit happens there. Yeah. If I'm allowed to say that. You are. 100%. <laughs> well, Jill, thank you so much for joining us today and um, look forward to every issue that you've got coming it looks like you have the wedding issue coming up here in a few months yeah that's gonna be fun yes we'll, we'll, we'll be in talks yeah thanks have you a, guys you are have awesome. a wonderful afternoon we'll talk thank to you, you soon okay thanks guys bye, bye, -bye.